If you would please remain standing, turn in your pew Bible to page 1,624. 1,624. Our scripture lesson this morning is out of Luke, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Familiar passage. Continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed for his stomach to be filled with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, death. I set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of, like your, one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was a still long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has made, him, because he has made it back safe and sound. The older, brother, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you. I have never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Thank you. You may be seated. Today we're going to talk about value and position. Value and position. Value your worth, your value. So, I thought about just having a pocket full of $100 bills today and handing it out to each one of you. You know, make attendance rise. And I, I know my, my mic is going out, isn't it? You hear it in and out? <coughs> Um, I apologize. We'll get that fixed next week. Um, but to hand out $100. So each one of you is handing out a $100 bill. And it would, be, it would be quite an experience. It would be quite an experiment. First of all, because we would have to pray over the $100 bill that I had and make it multiply by whatever. <laughs> but interestingly enough, if I handed each one of you a $100 bill we would get different reactions. Basically, you would fall into two camps. One that would accept it, and one that would reject it. For whatever reason, you, in this camp of rejecting it, you would reject it, you would turn it down. Ian, I, I can't take that from you. I know you've got a bazillion people in your family, there's no way I could take that money from you. You know, and, and, the, and the, the reasons can, could just continue. But for whatever reason, down in your heart, you just would, you would not take that. Even if I just handed it to you and I was like, I want you to have this. Oh, I, I can't take that. Others would take it. They would accept it. You know who you are. But you would take it. Right? And you'd put it in your pocket and you would even start thinking about that $100 bill in your pocket. It may burn a hole in your pocket because you would reach in to spend it on something that you wanted and you would think, man, he gave me that $100. I don't know if I should. Why do I even have this? Why did he give it to me? What's his motive? Right? You can think through all of those things. There's a group that was up here this morning that would take that $100, not think a thing about it. Man, I'm going to be eating good tonight, or man, I, you know, I can't wait. The, the Valentine's candy is still on sale. I mean, they, they've already got it spent. Right? I've given it to them because it's just theirs. There's no strings attached to it. It's just theirs. But we process things. We've gotten older. We've lived life. We've had our experiences. And we've thought, man, there's a reason that he gave me that $100. There's also a reason that I wouldn't accept it. But the reason that I would give it to you is because you're worth it. Plain and simple, you're worth it. You have value. You have value. In this series, Knowing What You Have, we've talked about having the Holy Spirit within us. We've talked about having the mind of Christ. And now we're talking about position. Position. 
the passage that I read this morning, everyone's familiar with that passage. Nine and a half times out of ten, when we read that passage, we understand there are two sons, right? And which one do we focus on? The prodigal. Today, I'm going to focus on the other son. Because there's a verse in here that just speaks volumes to who you are. Let me read it for you. Luke chapter 15, verse 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have belongs to you. Everything I have belongs to you. You see, we talked about just from the very outset, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, and He comes, and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells our life, we are then a child of God, correct? We are a child of God. And everything He has belongs to us. That's hard to swallow. That's hard to grasp at points. Because, see, we live in a society, to, in, in today's, you have to earn what you have, don't you? You have to earn it. There's something that you have to do. But, see, I would do and give anything to my children just because they breathe. Just because they are my children. God looked at us the same way. You have value. You have value. You have worth. Everything that he has is yours. Everything that he has is yours. You have value. Position. This is where we transition into that concept. Position. I am his child. Everything he has is mine. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm just simply sharing with you that we call ourselves children of God, right? Right? We're children of God, are we not? So what does that then give me? I'm not looking to be that the prodigal son to go, okay, God, I own everything, give me half, I'll take my part, I'm going. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about out of a humbled heart in a realization that God calls me son. And then he has kept me in this world for a specific purpose and reason. I'm here for a reason. So I'm going to look at taking what I have access to, my gifts, my talents, my tools, my skills, and becoming and being everything that God wanted me to be today. So I need to know what I'm working with. We need to know what we're working with. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Position, you are an heir. Now, if we are the children of God, and indeed we are, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, 
and we share in His suffering in order that we may also share in His glory. Galatians, Paul says in chapter 4, verse 7, You are no longer a slave, but you are God's child. And since you are His child, God has also made you an heir. Think about what that means. You're an heir of God. You're a co-heir with Christ. Everything that belongs to God belongs to us because we belong to Him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Position does a number of different things, but here are the three things we're going to talk about today. Position provides perspective. Position gives protection. And position releases power. We're positioned with Christ. Remember we talked about the Holy Spirit is who lives in us and Christ has gone to be at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians chapter 4 through 7. Because His love is, because of His great love for us, God in His rich mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in, transgress, in transgressions, it is by grace that we have been saved. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So we've talked often in this series and in other times before that we live in the two worlds. We live in the physical world here, and we live in the spiritual world here. So though I am alive in the physical sense and I walk about this earth, spiritually, the Holy Spirit lives in me, but I have been placed in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus as an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. So the reason I talk about position gives us perspective is that we need to start looking at life through a different set of lenses. I've mentioned this before. But spiritually, how do we see life? Is it just on this plane physically? Or do we, from our position in the heavenly realms, are able to see spiritually and physically what's taking place? We all know the higher you are, the more you can see right? I can see all of you. Be afraid. But I can. I can see I am up here. Therefore, my perspective is different. And that's what Paul is sharing with us, is that our position in Christ has seated us in the heavenly realms. That means we are higher above everything else. And we can see our situations and our circumstances from a spiritual perspective and therefore able to move and engage on physical level. Our, our position provides us perspective. In John, John chapter 5, 
the, the Pharisees are, are coming against Christ because he is being and doing who he is and he's performing miracles and he's doing all of these things. And so they're attacking him and saying, why are you doing what you're doing? And here's his response. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing but him by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. Jesus did what he saw his father doing. Jesus, in the heavenly realms, from a spiritual perspective, saw what his father was doing, what his father was about in the physical world, and he engaged it there. And when he did that, lives changed. People were impacted. But it started from seeing it from a spiritual perspective. Position gives protection. So we're talking about seeing things from a spiritual perspective. We're talking about living in the physical world. But we also know that there are attacks, correct? Absolutely. And it can start at any point in time. So my morning was just that. I wake up in the middle of the night just in time to... You guys know I got a CPAP machine, right? Okay, anyway, I got a CPAP machine. This is going to be funny. So, we're in, so I wake up in the middle of the night and it's, um, the, the power starts going flickering in our house. Well, I have my CPAP machine on. CPAP machine, because of the power that runs through the house, blows air into your face. And sometimes when the power goes out, that stops. So I'm laying there, and all of a sudden it's like, so, you know, you're grabbing for the CPAP machine, and all of a sudden the power comes back on, and, and you get another blast of air, and then it stops, and the power goes out, and it's like, oh, what is that? The scout power comes back on. So, you know, this is like 1.30 in the morning, and I'm just laying in the, in the bed, and I'm like, man, this is not how I anticipated Sunday morning to start. Well, so then from there, then a, a dog that never just started barking uncontrollably, the siren in Martin's Ferry goes off, you know, somebody decides to come home late from a, a Saturday jaunt or whatever, and so they close the door, and their car is loud, and they hit the alarm, and it's 2.30 in the morning by the time, and it's burp, burp, and I'm like, what is happening? So I lay there, just anticipate the next thing, <laughs> but... I know that's humorous, but at times, but we have these attacks, things that come against us, things that stop our momentum, things that distract our minds, things that remove our focus, and it's like, where's my guard? Romans chapter 8, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall hardship or trouble, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, and we are considered sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or demons, nor the present, or the future, or any powers neither height nor depth or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
in the middle of the chaos, there is a promise given that we are not separated, that we cannot be separated. There is no power in this world that can separate us from the love of Christ and the positions that we hold. So there's protection. Isaiah says that God is our rear guard, that He protects us in the back. Not only are we protected in the front and the sides, but in the back, above, below, nothing can separate us. Well, that's great. The question, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because when it comes down to it, no matter what, we live what we believe. We live what we believe. Sometimes that needs to be adjusted. And, but we need to get to the, the bottom and the core, or the core and the root of what do you believe? What do you believe? The Bible tells us that we're protected. Position releases power. Over the last two weeks, we talked about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we talked about the Ark of the Covenant, right? Remember, we are walking Arks of the Covenant. That means wherever we go, the Spirit of God enters. Now, it may, this may sound a little bold, but I'm willing to go there. But there are times that I will walk into a store, have my hand on the door, open the door, and in my heart and mind, speak, the kingdom of God has just entered Lowe's. Pick your store. The Ark of the Covenant in the mercy seat changed the atmosphere, did it not? The Spirit of God, wherever He entered, changed the atmosphere. That is what lives in me. That is what lives in you. Do we recognize it to the point of when I step into a place that God's Spirit is there? Again, that, that's, that can be challenging. I, I understand that. That can be challenging. But the fact remains is that the Spirit of God that lives in us goes with us. Like, I can't walk up to Lowe's and go, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm probably going to rip this guy's head off in here because I need to return this thing or whatever I need to do. So I'm going to take the Spirit of God out and I'm going to set it over here. I'll pick you up when I come back. So I walk in into Lowe's and, man, I'm free to go. I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, because I'm just going to pick up the Holy Spirit when I come out. He's by the exit door. It sounds crazy, right? The truth is, is that He's with me. So either I quench the Spirit by how I act, react, say, do, or I step into what He wants done in that store. God's eye is on the sparrow, is He not? Does He know everything that happens in our lives and what He's doing in our lives? Yes. Does He know that with everyone? Yes. 
is there someone in that store that maybe he wants to impact through me? Yes. Am I open for it? Not really. True? Because, see, we don't look at life that way. But, see, that's the perspective I'm talking about. If we have the perspective from the heavenly places and we're looking at our everyday life as life on purpose, then those situations are real. It's not just me buying something at Lowe's from the cashier and saying, yeah, have a nice day. It's not that. God allows me to engage people every day in the craziest ways because He loves them and He cares for them and He would use a broken vessel to do that. When we engage those people, when we step into those circumstances, when we live as though we are walking arcs of the covenant, then life changes. Atmospheres shift. We have power. We get to do this, church. But we have power. Here's what the Apostle Paul prayed over the church of Ephesus. Comes out of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 8, starting with verse 8. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. That you would know the riches of his glorious inheritance and his incomparably great power for all of us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Paul's prayer was that the eyes of their hearts would be opened, that we would know the hope to which he has called us, that we would understand the riches of His glorious inheritance and that we would know His incomparably great power for all of us who believe. To know. That's not just to know, to be an acquaintance of, or to be slightly familiar with. That word know there is to know so much that you have ingested it and that it is part of who you are that you would know that, that you would know your glorious inheritance, that you would know the great power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that you would know it. And in that, would you would live it. So to understand our position, first of all, we have to understand that we have value, that we have value, we have worth. That God allows us to breathe every single day and that He loves us more than we could ever imagine. And in that, that He is giving us this inheritance 
not to be squandered, but to be used. Not to be squandered like the prodigal son, but to be used. Because see, every place we go, every step we take is about advancing the kingdom of God. We think at times that it has to be this miraculous things that happen. That no matter where I walk, that that people are, are raising from the dead, that the sick are being healed, that lightning bolts fly from my fingers. Man, that's, is what, that's not just it. Those are miraculous things, and I've said that, that they are miraculous without question. But every one of us in here at some level have experienced the miracle of the heart. Whether our lives have been changed or we have seen someone else's life changed, whether it's relationships and marriages that have been restored, whether it's a a lost child that has come home, the miracle of the heart is the greatest thing. The angels in heaven rejoice over that. But when we live, move with the Holy Spirit that lives within us and we step into these situations, He can change the heart. And in that, He will change their world. Will we let Him flow through us in such fashions? You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to earn degrees. You don't have to remember Scripture references. Praise the Lord, because I'm horrible at it. You don't have to have all of this work under your belt. There are two abilities that God looks for, availability and dependability. Are you available and will you be obedient? Because in those things, this is what the the Lord would say to you. My son, my daughter, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this day that you've given us to come together to worship, to to listen. Father, thank you for your blessings. Father, I pray that the eyes of our heart are opened. Father, that we would be enlightened in order that we may know your hope to which you have called us. God, that we would know the riches of your glorious inheritance and that we would know your great power that is in us. Father, we have value. Father, I pray that our hearts are just open to understand that. Father, I pray that some of our hearts are layers that need to be peeled back. And Father, I ask that this morning that you peel back layers. Father, that you give us insights and understandings into what you have 
God, what you've done for us, but God, to let us know how much you love us. Father, that we have value, that we have worth. And Father, in that, we have position. God, that you can give us a perspective of our current situations, our circumstances that we face daily. And Father, in that, that we engage faith and belief and power and we see the circumstances the way that you see them and we move in faith to follow your lead. Father, I thank you for protecting us, for guarding us, for guarding our hearts. And Father, I thank you for empowering us. Father, allow us to step into our everyday life with an understanding that you are leading. Father, that your Holy Spirit within us is alive and that we're seated with, with Christ in the heavenly realms. Father, teach us, encourage us, and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.